welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I am your corporal who removes illegal torrented G.I. Joe content from the internet, codename Legion Cub. Removes or watches? (laughs) Removes, because you can't find a lot of it. (laughs) Which will uh, be an important thing to note later in the show. Uh, And of course, we do not encourage uh, the consumption of illegal content here at all. Absolutely not. Of course not. Uh, Please follow Sometimes you just got to watch something. Yeah, well, yeah, especially right in when, there. when you've got a show to put on. That's right. Uh, please follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. And it is time to break down some of the news that's happened in the past month since the last time we talked. And we've got a good bit to cover here. Uh, the first bullet point that I've got is that John Warden is now head of the G.I. Joe brand at Hasbro. Uh, we talked about this via messages a, a little bit, and I asked you guys if you could sort of look into it and see what exactly it means. And I found out a couple of things myself. But when this news first hit, what did did you know of this guy? Did this have significance to you guys at first? I, had not I didn't heard his name. No. Yeah, I did not recognize the name, but when I looked it up, uh, he is responsible for some of my favorite lines to come out um in the transformers and also with the power rangers um lightning collection so excited for the listeners just to to kind of lay things down and we we do this from time to time uh we're all big gi joe fans but we are not or at least i am not i'm not the guy who tracks down all the designers who's running the show who's responsible for what like i enjoy the the products and the output and everything else but i don't necessarily follow the behind the scenes stuff uh or at least i don't have that uh awareness at the top of my consciousness at all times but when something like this gets announced i do like to sort of look into it and Christian, you mentioned the Transformers lines and what i found out is this is the guy who's responsible for getting me to collect transformers again starting a couple of years ago, uh, which, which happens every few years, there will be a transformer that is such a nostalgic callback to my childhood that I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to buy that one. And then I end up collecting transformers for about a year. And then I sell them all off because I can't collect everything. Uh, but he is responsible for the war for Cybertron stuff. Oh, uh, the, basically the last few years of transformers that have been happening uh and which shows me that he has an eye for that updating nostalgia i guess would be a good term for it noel what yeah for uh well yeah i know i i noted that he had worked on some of those lines with transformers he's also currently heading up power rangers and ghostbusters which are obviously two brands that while they're not you know, the top level brands, this isn't Transformers level at Hasbro. Those are still ones that you can tell they, they're they putting a lot of effort into um, with those two franchises. So I think that's a, I definitely think it's a good sign that they're trying to get traction on G.I. Joe, which does make sense in a year that you're releasing a, the- a theatrical feature film. So it's what's most interesting about this to me 
is that uh, the the former the the person who was running the GI Joe brand was kind of just given the job didn't necessarily have passion for gi joe from what i understand it was one of those corporate things where they said well you're you're interested in being this so for right now we need you to do this uh whereas from from what i have read from what i understand john warden is into this stuff i mean if you look at the power i'm not a power rangers fan but if you look at that power rangers line everything looks great if you look at that ghostbusters line uh you know, this kind of the same thing afflicted it that afflicted G.I. Joe and that there was supposed to be a movie. Now, granted, you can't swing a cat by the tail without hitting Ghostbusters figures, but for some reason you can't find G.I. Joe, so there's a big difference there. But uh, the six-inch scale Ghostbusters figures were mostly up to the standards of what you expect from six-inch scale figures these days. And that Ecto-1, which oddly is 118th scale, doesn't go with the figures but is one of the best vehicles i've bought in the past few years there are no figures to go with it unless you use your gi joes but uh the the ecto-1 is phenomenal and and for the listeners if you're sleeping on that thing go grab one uh it, it is if you're familiar with the vintage collection vehicles that have been coming out over the past few years it's on par with those and you can go to the needless things youtube channel and check out my review of that ecto-1 uh, but yeah, this is exciting news. It shows me that Hasbro has has seen that there needs to be a change with the G.I. Joe brand, uh, which we've been talking about basically since the start on this show. And I'm excited to see what comes of it. Now, obviously, any direct effect that he might have is going to take some time to, to be visible to us, the customers. Uh, but, but still, it, it also shows that there is a long-range plan, and this isn't just a, we have a movie coming out this year, let's put some stuff out, and then we'll tuck G.I. Joe away for another decade. And uh, mm-hmm. also to note, too, is that uh, it's John Warden's taking over, uh, but Lenny Penzika is also joining his yes. team as well, uh, who's responsible, for, he's been the design manager for Hasbro, uh, who has also been responsible for a lot of that great transformer stuff and he's worked on uh, spider-man beyblade stuff in the past um and from and we'll get to it a little bit later on we were if we were talking about pulse pulse fest just listening to him at pulse fest you could tell he's got a he's got a lot of excitement about gi joe yes absolutely uh so that was that was kind of the big thing i wanted to get to first and it's it is big news and it's just going to take a while for us to see how big but i i feel good about it uh another bullet point i've got is that hasbro pulse made a big push uh for people to join up for the premium membership which is 50 bucks a year so that they would have early access to things and would have the opportunity to get their hands on pulse exclusives which includes shared exclusives with their retail partners such as target and walmart uh, there have been a lot of the Transformers have gone up, a couple of Power Rangers items, but obviously the things that people were most hoping for was a release of the Cobra Island figures that were targeted, excuse me, eBay exclusive. <laughs> uh, and sure enough, on April 22nd at noon, Firefly and the Viper went up for sale on Hasbro Pulse and sold out by the time I could click on the link in the email. 
Yeah, you 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 put in the notes. Firefly and Viper went up on Pulse four twenty two at noon, and I said, and we're sold out in less than point four two two seconds. That's I mean that's relatively accurate, <laughs> uh, and they they did have them limited to limited to one per customer. Uh, the the theory is that they did because if you're in Canada, you can get your hands on the the Cobra Island stuff no problem. I've seen pictures of dozens of the Baroness just on shelves at Toys R Us in Canada. Um, so apparently they did, uh, the, the going theory is there was a second production run uh, for Toys R Us in Canada because they, if, if you're not familiar with this, when we get retailer exclusives here in America, that's just America. So up in Canada, Toys R Us gets all the like WWE, Walmart or Target exclusives just show up at Toys R Us. Same thing with Transformers, G.I. Joe, all of these brands don't do those exclusives like that outside of the u.s now the problem with that is if you're not in canada and you're further outside of the u.s you may not be able to get this stuff at all but uh canada has it made because not only do they get these exclusives uh much more easily available but they're they still have toys r us um so anyway there's another production run to fulfill toys r us in canada and some of those units went to hasbro pulse that's that's what i read i don't i have no information on if that's factual or not but it makes sense to me i would be curious to know how much they made available i know they'll never release those numbers but it just makes me think of the old maddie collector sold out you know on, on figures how, how much are they saving for their retailer and how right, much were right. they actually making available because if you have a run hypothetically let's say of a thousand figures and you only put 200 up for your website then yeah that's going to sell out in the blink of an eye and and again cobra island has been the most frustrating toy line to collect of my entire life and i collected 2002 masters of the universe i was right there on maddie collector uh i i've i've done a lot of it and this has been the worst and and there if not for the fortune of good friends i wouldn't have firefly or the viper no i take that back i got no i got a pre-order in for firefly uh a friend sent me the viper uh but i've not been able to get either one of those for my son yet who's also collecting uh, so it's just been very frustrating. And, and to add to that frustration, we've now finally seen the Cobra Island Major Blood, which looks, I think, looks fantastic. How, what do you guys mm -hmm. think of this? Yeah, I think it looks phenomenal. It, it's, yep. it's, I, it's I think you should enjoy update. those pictures online. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, because that's as close as you're, you're probably going to get. see it. <laughs> uh, I, I've read in some places that it's technically supposed to hit on uh, May 18th but that it doesn't actually have a street date. That's just the sort of shelf date. I, I don't know. I don't, I, however that works. And, and usually it means nothing because I'll be sitting here in Atlanta waiting for the targets to hit street date. And then all the surrounding States, I'll just keep seeing posts from like Alabama and South Carolina and Florida of people finding them in target and just buying them. No problem. Uh, so who knows what any of that means? Uh, but this Cobra, this Major Blood looks fantastic. I hope that I can get one. Uh, I hope that we're going to be really surprised come June because they're doing Yojo June again. 
Uh, they did it last year where they announced some, some things. Uh, and Hasbro is kind of making a big deal about it this year with uh, suggestions that they're going to address a lot of the issues that collectors have with the line, and there are going to be some announcements. We'll see. Uh, you've got to think, though, at some point, they're going to actually drop reasonable amounts of this product on retailers because for a year now we've been going in and seeing those same three empty pegs wherever you go. Uh, but on that note, the other day on the way home from work, I've got about a 25 mile drive from work to home. And I, if, if I take a particular route, I can pass four Walmarts and two targets in that 25 miles. Uh, and I don't, I don't do this every day because I just can't, but every once in a while I'll decide, you know what, I'm going to take the long way home and I'm going to hit all the stores and just see what I can see. And, uh, the one Walmart that I go to less often than any of the others, I walk in, go to the toy aisle obviously it's the only place i'm going and i i am thrilled walmarts have opened up the garden center doors again so you can once again <laughs> just walk in through the garden center and go straight to the toy aisle you don't have to go in the uh home goods and walk all the way over you can just in and out no problem uh so walk in look at the aisle uh and they've got uh, my son is big into marvel legends now so i picked up all the shang chi figures from him was shocked to see just full pegs of marvel legends which marvel legends have maintained a pretty consistent presence in the toy aisle over the past year but it's still as spotty as everything else where you may see something new you may not uh, but they had the whole wave picked all those up and uh, kind of looked around a little bit more no retro gi joe nothing else i'm walking out and at the like bottom corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, what's all that splash of color down there? And they have 12 G.I. Joe classified figures on the bottom shelf just sitting there that I almost missed because I'm so used to empty shelves. Um, and they're on the bottom, like sitting on the bottom shelf. Uh, I, I almost walked right past them and I look and they've got Flint and Lady J sitting there right on the fresh two, I guess two, because I think these are cases of six. So I guess two fresh cases. Uh, there are two Flints, two Lady J's, and then two, I think two Scarlets and two Roadblocks. I'm not positive. I, whatever the other ones were, I didn't need them. But I grabbed those for myself and for my son. Could not believe my good fortune. And then went on, because, you know, when you go toy hunting, I don't know how often you guys go on, like, old school toy hunts like we used to do back in the day where you hit up all the local stores like sometimes you'll go and the first couple stores you hit you find nothing and it almost kind of demotivates you you're like you know what they didn't have anything i don't feel like spending any more time walking in and out of damn targets and walmarts i i'm gonna pack it in and th this day if i hadn't found something that's probably what would have happened but I found stuff in that Walmart and I was like, Ooh, I'm going everywhere, baby. I'm hitting all the stores. And I ended up finding uh, star Wars vintage collection stuff. I found the retro Mandalorian figures. I felt like biggest toy hunt I've had in a long time. And everywhere that I went, except for there's this one Walmart 
that's like lousier than all the other Walmarts, which I know is saying a lot, but it's like the worst Walmart that I go to. That had nothing. Everywhere else I hit, the other Target and the other Walmarts all had G.I. Joe classified figures on the pegs. None of them had Flint and Lady J, but they all had the Scarlet and Roadblock repaints. Um, one of them had the original Scarlet and Roadblock. I uh, saw a couple of Cobra Commanders, a couple of Gung Ho's. Like, it was crazy because I'm telling you, literally, when I say empty pegs for the past year, it's the literal truth. Like, it's yeah, so rare. Yeah, I can't rare tell you the last time I saw a gi joe classified yeah i saw retro collection figures so all i've seen is his tanks and i actually saw a bunch of fangs at a wall oh no i I still haven't even seen those yeah i saw the the, wild the one in stone mountain i found a a whole bunch of fangs when i was there last week oh wow i and i haven't been out to that one in a little while but i don't i don't want any more things i don't even want the one that i've got uh, this is true i didn't so, buy any extras <laughs> i left them where they were well you know what what i'm afraid of is i'm going to be kicking myself for not buying every his tank i saw i've seen you know like five years from now the moment they go on the clearance that the yes. uh the all striker did because the all striker went down at what 1797 i never saw any of them on clearance i picked um, up one on clearance one of the all strikers uh, but I've, yeah, but the his tanks. So wait, so you, the his tanks at you up there haven't gone on clearance because no. th- oh, every down every here, store here has they were every store here has like eight of them still, but they're still wow. twenty four ninety nine. And as we've soon had, as they go down, I'm I'm buying everything there. Yeah, which yeah, I'm no, sure lots had, of people have that. We've plan. had the Austrikers. strikers. I want to say when the Austrikers strikers went on clearance, the his tanks did too because we used to have stacks. His tanks and his tanks, and then his tanks were gone. And there was like, from the few WalMarts in my area, you know, a couple of all strikers, and they went fairly quickly too. And we still have the nano, uh, the nano diecast figures, just yeah, pegs and yeah, pegs of those. those and are, they're still those at nine ninety eight. And I, months ago, I saw those on clearance down to a dollar at some WalMarts people were sharing wow. online oh really if that happens i'll go buy them all yeah if, if <laughs> because those if will be good for giveaways and stuff when i'm working the booth right. is a fine at the finest and stuff like that right and I, that's what i think i said last time is as soon as those go down i'm i'm all over them oh my gosh okay this is not the right show for it but i just went to toy arc to get my reference for our look at uh, pulse fan fest and they've got pictures of all the new masters of the universe figures up I gotta, I've gotta save that for later. Oh my gosh, they've also got a scars of Dracula, Christopher Lee. I've got to get out of here, guy <laughs> Joe. Only we're not here to talk about these things. Um. So yeah, yeah, those. I see. I like those nano diecast figures, and if they do more of them, I'll buy them. But I don't need more because I already bought two sets of that one set. Because I was just like, oh, these are cool, and they're not expensive. <laughs> um. Okay, so the next thing uh, on the list is Hasbro Pulse Fest, which got quite a lot of hype going into it, right? Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like they were making a big deal out of that thing. And, uh, well, well... They had to, because they shut down all their other conventions for it. Yeah, I mean, this going into this they were making it seem like I know there wasn't a toy fair this year, but we're going to give you guys a toy fair. And, uh, 
if this had been what was at Toy Fair, it would have been a very disappointing Toy Fair. They got a movie to push. <laughs> well, and I don't look, I don't want to poo-poo the movie figures because I I ordered I pre-ordered all of them from three different places because my new my new fun, because this is when I bought the Flint and Lady J the other day. Let me tell you guys what's a satisfying feeling. Finding something in the wild and then going back to your car, sitting down, pulling your phone out, and canceling a bunch of pre-orders. <laughs> That's a great feeling. And I had Flint and Lady J. I had them pre-ordered from Amazon and from Big Bad. And I love you, Big Bad Toy Store. But if somebody else gets something first, I'm canceling my pre-order. I'm sorry. Uh, and then on March 31st, GameStop showed that they had Flint and Lady J in stock. So I ordered from GameStop. And, th- and so this was April 30th where I found Flint and Lady J. So almost a month later, GameStop still had not shipped the, that Flint and Lady J that I ordered when they were in stock and just had the note on there that said waiting to be fulfilled. So I went back to my car and I canceled the heck out of all those pre-orders because <laughs> I was like, I don't need you online. I found them in the store. Uh, but with the movie figures, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little more detail in a second, uh, I went ahead and pre-ordered from Pulse, Amazon. I didn't order from Big Bad because they're $24.99 from there. Wild hmm. markup. I think Pulse, Amazon, and Target are the ones that I did uh, with the intention of, you know, whoever gets them here first, that's that's who I'll get them from. Because that's, that's the magic of pre-orders. It's not like they're charging you up front. If they don't ship them or if they ship them late or whatever the deal is, it's not like you're out money. So it's like, you know, why not go ahead and just order? Now, that may change at some point when retailers realize that we're doing this. But for now, why not pre-order them and, and see who gets them to you first? So what did you guys think of these movie figures? I, I Let's start with Cream Shadow, uh, Storm Shadow. <laughs> God, it's okay. They're not. I mean, they're not terrible. I think for me, my my issue with most movie figures, be it, you know, the MCU, the DC movie universe, I need to see the movie to, and it. I'm weird that way. I need to be able to see the movie because when I look at the figures and they're trying for that, that, realism that the other figures don't have you know you're not trying to match an actor's face or anything like that like when I see those kind of figures I'm just kind of like taken out a little bit and and that is uh my my concern and what's got me sort of with my finger over the cancel button on these to be honest these are not going to blend in with your classified figures. They can not call them all. classified figures all you want, but they're not going to blend in with your classified figures any more than your MCU figures are going to blend in with your Marvel Comics, Marvel Legends. They just don't go together. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as far as the designs go on the... Well, first of all, I want to say 
I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but that video of Henry Golding getting his oh. guys figure. Oh, that was the best thing I saw. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was fantastic. His enthusiasm was so like genuine and legitimate. Um, it, his he, enthusiasm. He, he was... dropped a few words he wasn't supposed to drop on right. that. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Well, it, but like he he was so happy. I wasn't even mad that it's a Snake Eyes figure without a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I don't, you know, I don't care about that. I I'm hyped for the movie. I want it to be a good, cool, fun movie. Uh, and it is called GI Joe Origins. So the idea of Snake Eyes having a, a you know a very pretty face at some point in the movie is fine. I don't care. This is a different type of story. This is not. It's not part of Sunbow. It's not part of Marvel. It's not part of the GI Joe continuity that we know. It's something different, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm willing to invest in that. Uh, and that guy was just so much fun with his figure. I'm like, <laughs> now I'm on his side. Now I'm like, oh, I want your movie to be awesome. Yeah, and I've been I've actually been looking forward to the movie for a while. Uh, I'm I'm being very you know very optimistic about it. I think that if Hasbro approaches this the way they approach Bumblebee, then yes. they're going to hit it out of the park with it. Uh, I could still yeah. be disappointed, um, but, uh, but uh, you know, from everything I've heard and from Larry Hama visiting the set and saying that he is 100% impressed with the production and everything. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I, he wouldn't just say that he's not the kind of guy who just says something like that. No, he's not. He's, he is a very frank human being. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, you can check out the Needless Things podcast for our live panels with Larry Hama from DragonCon. Yeah. Uh, so, in general, I like these designs. Uh, Noel, I think Scarlet was a little undercolored for you. Well, I mean, just in general, and I'm like right now, I'm looking at that picture of the, it, the five of them together. Yeah, and it's, it's just like it's all drab. It's all just dull it's just off white and black and a little bit of like gray and there's you know there's there's one cobra symbol on the baroness um yeah i mean and uh, they are based on the movies and they are going for a little bit more realistic look i would have liked to have seen a kiko with a little bit more color to, to mix it up a little bit but but design wise i think they're all great sculpts um i really i, I know a lot of people are very upset about this baroness figure um on in the internet oh really um, but i think she looks awesome. fantastic yeah what is the upsetness about her oh well you know she's she's not endowed the way i guess they they would oh hope my that gosh she would be. oh that's it these you guys and look when you look at the cheapy six inch figure and sorry listeners but when you look at the cheapy six inch figure she has great hair that mm -hmm. side swept hair to me like she just looks like the baroness when i see the 20 dollar baroness figure i hate her hair sculpt i'm like ah, <laughs> she's so ugly like where where is that side part straight hair ah no I, okay I, I, I don't mind the hair i don't mind the hairstyle because i don't think that she's defined by that um I will say this, looking, weird. looking at the image that I'm looking at right now, she does look a little bit like Tina from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is a good description. Uh, but, so take the cheapy head and, and put, put it on, this on one. Yep. 
on that body and you'll have a great baroness figure uh but yeah i do these designs are very cool uh i like the scarlet design i think the problem is looking at these pictures you can't see all the detail because when you get close up she's got a digital camo pattern Mm -hmm. uh, in portions of her uniform she's got yellows that are not showing up in all the pictures i think in hand it's going to be a really cool figure but it would be nice if she maybe looked a little more like why not make the chest plate yellow like why not make her look more like the resolute scarlet which we'll be discussing in just a little while on this episode (laughs) uh but i like the figures look cool i'm you know i'm joking myself if i think i'm going to cancel my pre-orders because i know i'm going to have to have these because i (laughs) can't help myself uh but this was it this was all they showed announced whatever at this pulse fest well i i will say the thing i'm most excited about they announced was the night creeper figure in the six inch kids line right because that thing looks amazing. It's fantastic. <laughs> and well, and this, this is what I'm really dying to see. Because here's, here's the thing. Uh, if, if you are a collector who has sort of a wide range of figures or, or lines, then you know that there's no such thing as six-inch scale. Uh, and one-twelfth scale applies to exactly one line. And that's Mezco's one-twelfth collective. Nothing else... Star Wars Black Series is a different size from Marvel Legends, is a different size from DC Universe Classics, is a different size from Masters of Universe Classics, is a different size from G.I. Joe Classified. Like, none of these lines are in scale with each other. And we won't even get into the Transformers red figures. No, well, yeah. (laughs) Those are definitely not the scale. No, no, absolutely not. Um, So... As much as I love the idea of buying a bunch of those night creepers and sort of standing them at the back of the shelf, they may be like way too small to even work with the classified figures. Until we have these in hand, we're not going to know what the actual scale is. And that happens a lot because uh, if you look at the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, the six-inch kids line does not scale with Marvel Legends. So I would not count on those uh, six-inch Snake Eyes figure or uh, kid kid-oriented Snake Eyes figures scaling with the classified, even though they're using some of the classified series accessories. But we'll see, and we'll talk about it here on the show whenever we find out. Uh, another thing that was interesting, and I think is telling. Uh, in the realm of, cause I've, I've had a lot of little weird conspiracy theories about this whole pre-order thing and how these toy companies are, uh, there's a diabolical scheme to entice us collectors with this whole pre-order thing. And I think nothing points to that being true more than the fact that you can't pre-order the kid oriented lines. Why not? Why just the why just the collector oriented lines? Because they know they're getting their hooks into us. They know we're weak junkies who can't help ourselves, and that we're still in this pandemic. And they want to they want us to commit as many of our dollars 
as they can compel us to right now while we're trapped at home and aren't spending money on concerts and movies and going out and doing things. They know they've got a limited window to compel us to commit that money. And, and I think that's what this whole, because if you'll know, if you'll think about it, this whole pre-order thing really didn't blow up until a little over a year ago where, where everything that came out, you were pre-ordering six months in advance. That didn't really become a thing until last year. It would, it would be like from time to time, there'd be some MCU thing uh, like big bad toy store had pre-orders. But as far as this widespread, every toy line has pre-orders six months in advance, that wasn't happening like it is now. I guess I've just been online shopping longer. I, the only, the only part that is different for me is not having to pay for your pre-orders in advance like well, I, you used to because uh, most of those sites are gone i'm talking about these mass market toy lines though that this is uh like before you do pre-orders at big bad or dorks dorkside or whatever but target and walmart weren't doing this hasbro right. pulse didn't even really exist like this is this is a new uh system and I think over the last year, they've learned how to game us with it. They're as also as, gauging demand on a lot of these, too, especially yeah, things which, like G.I. Joe, which hasn't been right. a mainstream property for a decade or more. Which that I have no problem with. And and I also, and, and this is a little far afield, but it's not because Super 7 produces G.I. Joe stuff. Uh, I'll be honest and say I prefer the pre-order system where you do pay your money up front. And then a year later, or, or sometimes more, you get your product. No fuss, yeah, no fuss. You know what you're getting. You know right. when you're getting it. Uh, I am a firm believer. If you pay your money, <clears throat> Walmart, on a pre-order, you should be guaranteed. Yeah. Because they're telling you, we will have this stock and you will get it. So the fact that in the past year, it, people have had pre-orders that have been canceled by companies and you're seeing other people get them or find them out in the wild i i don't think that's acceptable but. well i'll tell you that's that's what the bothers me the most is when things start showing up on store shelves before you even get a shipping notice that yeah. to me is is not acceptable but yeah the whole to uh, a good example of that uh the masters of universe origins castle grayskull that I pre-ordered from Walmart. I got lucky. It arrived the other day. Lots of people, their pre-orders got canceled and then they're shown up in stores. So, and, and part of this, uh, the inventory allotment for stores and for online are two completely separate mm -hmm. things. So it's not like your pre-order got sent to a store. It's that, the online allotment was under uh, under allocated. They sold more pre-orders than they actually ended up getting product and just randomly canceled people's stuff. And I think that's lousy too. All right. 100%. Well, we got to move on because we're getting too far afield of GI Joe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now that we're all, all worked up. I know. Right. So there, there was a note here. Um, 
a fellow GI Joe podcast, uh, the full force podcast put up a bunch of notes from a call that they had with Hasbro. Uh, obviously their potatoes are much larger than ours. So they actually get to talk to Hasbro people. Um, and if, uh, just a few notes, I, I, I encourage everyone to go check out the full force podcast for the full report on this call. Uh, but Hasbro's aware of all the issues. They are planning reruns of the Cobra Island stuff. Uh, I don't know if that means they go to target. I don't know if that means they'll go to pulse. I don't know what the deal is, but there will be more vipers and firefly and hopefully Baroness because I like, I got very, very lucky to get a Baroness. I waited in a target for an hour and a half with another Joe collector and eventually they brought two out of the back, gave them to us. We bought them and left. I never saw them aside from that. I don't know. Nobody I know, nobody in my personal circle of Joe collectors even got a Baroness other than me. Um, so hopefully more of the Baroness will come or at the very least they'll do a mainline release because that was always our speculation was that the Cobra Island they would do a mainline release maybe that looked more like the video game version with the highlights and the hair and the gold trim and everything else, which honestly I'd like to have a figure of that. And just by itself without the bike too. Yeah. without the Yeah. Motorcycle. Right. Right. It wouldn't have the bike with it, which I'll, I'll that bike I could take or leave. It, it's whatever. I don't care about that bike at all. Um, I don't, I don't care about getting six inch scale vehicles at all. And I know you guys aren't really collecting the line, but what do you, how do you feel about that? There'd be certain ones I'd like to see like a ferret especially if they do a tomax and zamot i i would need but what about uh, a trouble bubble i would like to see uh, a trouble, I bubble. Do a trouble <laughs> bubble yeah i mean you, you're not going to do a sky striker at that no, scale no. but no. i think a few smaller vehicles would be nice especially if there are characters that they kind of are identified with yeah i think yeah. masters of the universe classic status you can do vehicles in the large scale the price point is right. going to keep a significant amount of the audience away. Yeah. And yet on the flip side of that, at least from what I have seen on store shelves, Star Wars Black has proven that there isn't an audience for that in every line. Either that or these stores just had much more faith in it because I eventually every large scale release vehicle whatever you want to call it uh for star wars black i have seen in orlando at clear clearance prices but the flip side of that if you look at marvel legends and all of their like motorcycle releases except for squirrel girl which did get clearanced out but like the cosmic ghost rider punisher on a motorcycle logan on a motorcycle like captain america on a motor like all those releases sold like crazy so imagine if they do a classified series rock and roll with the Ram. The Ram, yeah. Now like, oh my oh, gosh. gosh. That yeah. would be awesome. If you, if you keep looking at like small, what what we would call, you know, small, what would have been like, you know, $5 vehicles back in our day. Or more like, like $3 know. vehicles. Those True. were at that point in time. So yeah. Were I mean, they really? Wow. Th yeah, like something like the, the Claw or the um, or the Trouble Bubble. Those would have been like $3. Ooh, or the Fang. Uh, not the Fang, uh, the Claw. Yeah, so just, yeah, the Claw. Yeah, that yeah. was that would, That'd be one that I'd like to see with a Cobra Commander. Um, yes. you know, I mean, even something as small as the Armadillo. I, you if know you what, did we, that for a six-inch scale, you're looking at 
probably a fifty yeah. to seventy five dollar yeah. vehicle. Okay, so the claw. I don't want another Cobra Commander. We've already got enough Cobra Commanders. Let's do the claw with um. Oh, who piloted the Night Raven? The well, Strato Viper. Strato Viper. Let's do a claw with a Strato Viper. Just for I think. Fun. I think. And I think another troop would be good in there too. Maybe even do like an officer with the silver. Oh uh, yeah, the, the silver hang glider. Sigil. The hang glider yeah. uh, pilot. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, where, so you do another troop old. builder, but it doesn't have to be identical to your other troop builder. Yeah, figures. yeah, yeah. I like that idea because I, I don't. I don't want a six-inch scale foam hang glider. No, thank you. But a claw would be great. Yeah, a claw would be awesome. Uh, okay, so there's that uh, retro, which seems like it might be dead after the fang, but isn't. They say nope. more is coming. Uh, that's good news, maybe, depending on what they put out. Uh, I did buy, I can't remember if we, I think we talked about it last time. I bought the retro Lady J. Uh, I like it. I think it's good. <laughs> I haven't seen a retro figure since wave one seven or eight months ago probably was the last time i saw one yeah distribution on those has i i would say has almost been worse than classified series uh okay we talked about the movie figures uh this is a weird note and and again i don't want to piggyback too much off of full forces information but this is something that we've been talking about a lot uh o-ring is not dead they do hear your calls for O-ring figures on social. They find it exciting and makes them want to push to make it a reality. Um, and that doesn't mean they're doing anything with it. it doesn't mean Hasbro's doing anything with it. But I guess it's just a, an acknowledgement that they're aware of it. Uh, but I honestly don't see Hasbro doing anything with it alongside the retro line. I feel like to them, the retro line is is the old stuff and that yeah. the O-rings would be a different thing entirely. I, I still believe our best chance of that is if Super 7 decides that they can make it happen. And I think that they could make it happen. It's just a matter of with everything else, because they they're a small company. Or just go online and buy some Black Major Customs. Or just go online like I've been doing and rebuild your vintage collection yeah <laughs> i just uh i finally you know, got a baroness I, I got a beautiful baroness for a great price uh her glasses still have all the paint on them her cobra emblem complete like nuns rubbed off at all beautiful shape and then last night uh i had i hadn't even been drinking in ebaying but i was just sort of laying in bed trying to fall asleep and there was an armadillo and a triple t with sergeant slaughter and they were ending soon, and I got all caught up in that eBay heat. You guys know how it is. And you're in like, there. ooh, ooh, if this this is only when I first looked at it, the armadillo was 20 bucks, and I bid like 23 and got it for 20. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. complete. And here's here's the lucky thing that I've been having lately is the vehicles that I've been getting. The stickers are all straight. And that's not even one of my conditions. Cause like <laughs> if I still had my vehicles from when I was a kid, the stickers wouldn't be straight because I couldn't put stickers on straight for anything. I still so can't. Like, no, I still, I, yeah, right. Right. Even like the, the hiss and the awe striker that I just got, the stickers are, they're not as bad as when I was a kid, but they're not straight. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I've gotten real lucky here. This armadillo looks great. I want it. And then I saw this triple T with Sergeant Slaughter. The Sarge isn't in the best shape, but I've already got him. I just need the triple T complete. This one's complete. All the stickers are straight. It needs cleaning, but is in great shape. And when I first looked at it, it was at twenty three fifty. And the the auction, uh, they had like thirty eight minutes left, and I was like, all right, I'm going to put in twenty five. And just leave it and see what happens. As soon as I put in 25, I got outbid. Like the second I did it. So I was like, all right, somebody's sitting here watching this. So I'm going to wait. I waited until there were three minutes left, pulled the auction back up, sat there and watched it. And it was still sitting at like $26. Waiting for the time to count down three minutes, two minutes, (laughs) one minute. Sniper. 30 seconds. (sighs) 10 seconds, I put in $50 because I was willing for this this Triple T in this condition and the Sarge figure, because even though I didn't need it, I have to consider in the price that it's in there. So I was willing to pay. It was $50 bucks plus $12 shipped, I think. So $62. I threw in $50. Bucks. I was like, I'll pay $62 to get a Triple T and not have to worry about it anymore. Put in $50, bucks, 10 seconds left counts down and i got it for like 28 dollars. nice yes it was great <laughs> and it at, right after i put my bid in it went up to um right no i guess it was at 25 and right after i put my bid in it went to 26.50 and then it ended so the other person was sitting there watching it but they just didn't go as high <laughs> as big dollar dave <laughs> i now feel like you are probably the person that has screwed me out of some of my biddings Probably not, because I've only been I've only been doing this for the last what year? Because it was a little over a year ago that I got that lot from Wilson that started all of this. Um, and and for a long time I wasn't going to go on eBay, but that's kind of all we're left with right now if we want vintage GI Joe toys. Although I did, I think I told you guys last time I'm going to rebuild this Terror Drome. I'm not doing it via eBay because the prices are just preposterous. <laughs> so I'm going to wait until we can get back in person and go to actual toy conventions and stuff for that. Uh, all right. Uh, what else we got? Uh, I think that's it for news. Did you guys have anything else? Anything else you wanted to throw out there? Nothing really. I just, I did want to note that they can't, they found a whole new batch of code names for classified series figures Ooh. Um, for, so they've got Jupiter, Scorpio, Zenith, Meteor, Beetlejuice, Rigel, Europa, Centauri, and Gamma. So at least nine new or re-released figures will be coming out. Uh, I think, and I think, well, even the re-released ones have gotten the same name. Like you get like the Carpenter Bee or whatever they've used. In yeah, the, they've used them a couple of times on some of them. So even like the the recolored Roadblock and Duke have gotten the uh, the. The, the original uh, code name or whatever they call that so, so yeah i mean theory. that's at least we know and some of those could be the movie classified some of those may be ones like the major blood we already know about um but uh yeah at least it's showing that we've got several more that are on the way so see i feel like at some point we saw the movie classified figure code names we yeah we may have we did I, they were up on amazon okay so so those and and they were not planets they were something else or not planets but you cosmic whatever yeah whatever 
I would, who would, who would it be really funny if Beetlejuice is? And these, these, these code names have no relation to anything to do with the figures as we, as we've seen, but who's like the craziest GI Joe character. That, that would be reasonable for this line. Dr. Mindbender. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. And, and man, look, I get that classified series figures are updates, but, I really want to classify Dr. Mindbender to look basically like the original. I have a feeling they would, they would go more for that look than the lab coat look of later years. I just, I, I feel like they would do that with classified. I, I hope so. I, do I, like, look, I like with lab the coat new guy at the helm. That's what you're going. That's what you're going to get. He understands looking at where these lines come from, what people are passionate about and updating it so i do think you'll have something very similar to his original look versus the lab coats or the uh v-neck so let's so let's hope from spy troops so let's hope if we get a mind bender it's not for a while because it'll take a little while for this guy's influence to be seen uh true well, I think that's all we've got for news, which was uh, a big bulk of the show. Yeah. We've got to move on to our review. Is episode's going to be a little longer, but a two-segment show, uh, you know, that's okay. The this, this show is what it needs to be. So uh, It's worth it. Let's move on to our review. Every month here on Audible Interlude, we like to try and take a look at some G.I. Joe media, whether it's from the past or something that's more recent. And today, we are taking a look back at something from 2009 that will dig into why it happened and how it happened. But we are going to be talking about G.I. Joe Resolute, which is is somewhat divisive even amongst the three of us i think it's going to be <laughs> but i had completely forgotten because i've got the dvd uh i had completely forgotten the way that this thing originally aired in like what was it like five minute snips or something yeah, yeah. five minute shorts on and it was like once a day uh, it was like mm-hmm. a daily for just like for like what 10 or 11 days in a row it ran on adult swim Adult Swim. Okay, I I was thinking Cartoon Network, but yeah, Adult Swim. Well, it was, but it was Adult Swim online. It didn't air on, yeah, it it was at first a web only, and then once the whole thing finished, then it aired on Adult Swim. That's right. You know, Cartoon Network Sunday nights proper. Because at the time, uh, this is back when, like, you know, Battlestar Galactica was doing YouTube only shorts that comprises like it was sort of like this thing that it seemed like online entertainment well, was going towards. And after watching, because there's in the special features on this, there's an interview with some of the creators. And after watching that interview, which I've never watched before, uh, I very much got the impression that this was and and we'll talk about the good and the bad i'm not panning this as a product entirely but 
I very much got the impression that this was Hasbro saying, let's get, let's generate some buzz for the GI Joe brand. And after remembering that this was some kind of weird five minute segment thing, it seems very much like Hasbro was like, Hey, the kids like this adult swim thing. The kids like these little quick snippets of animation. Let's do something like that. Uh, but then See, turn I it think, over I, to some creators that genuinely do love G.I. Joe. Well, yeah, that's 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 See, one of my I, issues. I think you're giving Hasbro way more of the blame and not putting enough squarely on Warren Ellis. I'm not saying whether I like it or dislike it. I'm just saying that when they handed this to Warren Ellis and he said, I know nothing about the property other than it's, you know, action man well, here. After the after watching this interview, Warren Ellis basically like wrote this. And, and for the listeners who may not know, Warren Ellis is a phenomenal comic book writer. Uh, he, he has also written scripts for some really cool, like animated stuff. He he's the, the Castlevania on Netflix. That's essentially his, and I love it. I think it's awesome. Uh, and Hasbro went to him to write a cool, edgy GI Joe script. He didn't know anything about GI Joe. Uh, the creators, and I've got to scroll through my notes here. Actually, you know what I should do is actually pull up uh, a page about it. Uh, Joaquin Dos Santos is kind of the main guy. He's the director. Um, and in watching this interview on the special features, this guy loves GI Joe. He does. He, he, he gets it, but his, his ideals about it, uh, are kind of the same ideas I had about it when I was a little kid, but my ideas have evolved and his did not. It would be really cool if we actually killed people. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. But um, I feel like that's why they went to Warren Ellis because Warren Ellis is an amazing, amazing writer listeners. I, I do want to make that very clear. However, when it comes to the superhero genre, or like popular IPs within your big two comic book companies, Warren Ellis likes to deconstruct things. Right. And, and sort of, well, this is what I would do. And so a lot of people look at his work and say, well, he doesn't like writing that. He has disdain for it. I don't think that's the case. He just likes to do what I like to call that teenager fan fiction that he thinks is and that's edgy what this and is cool that's what this is it's not necessarily everybody's taste and and you know when you're in junior high maybe then you know when your parents are letting you start to see r-rated movies or whatever and you're like oh yeah death and blood and cursing that makes it adult and and that's kind of what warren does this 
and and look, we're for for anybody who's listening and is like, oh, they're just gonna crap on this. We're not because I've got a lot of of very positive things to say about this as well, uh, which I think is is why I find Resolute so frustrating. Is where it succeeds, it's fantastic, but where it fails, it's just so disappointing. So it's not. You can't, I, or me personally, I can't just dismiss it and say it's garbage because it isn't. Mm-hmm. But it's like to me, those are the worst things in life. Like if you can just throw something in the trash, that's fine. Who gives? Who cares? It's terrible. You can you can pan it and throw it away. But if it's something that has a decent amount of virtue alongside a lot of disappointment then it's really hard to deal with and you struggle with how to categorize that thing and that's where i find myself after this most recent viewing of resolute uh and listeners i would like to point out i know i am the one that is usually super negative to everything (laughs) however (laughs) even when we said we were going over this when resolute came out me and my gi joe friends we loved it loved it with a passion we thought this is the update of gi joe uh it it was a regular viewing of ours now granted it's been a few years since i've seen it so it was nice to revisit it and see how my tastes have changed compared to where it is so definitely do not think that the rest of this episode is going to be us poo-pooing it because no I have a lot of good things still to say about this. Now, now Noel, when this first, and I, I remember when this first came out, you hated it immediately. Well, and, 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 I, and I was like, oh, Noel's just being curmudgeonly old, old Noel. <laughs> because I, 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 the thing was, I didn't it. hate it as I first started watching it. And, I, and I'd watched the first, like, the first right. five minutes. And I was like, well, I don't want to watch this in five-minute segments. I'll wait till it's all over. And I was over at the Phantom Zone with you. I can't remember if we were just watching on TV or if we waited till it was on DVD. But we watched it over at your, at your place. And so my memories of it, when I'm thinking of it 12 years later, I'm thinking, man, I hated this. I was like, oh, and I can only remember the bad things about it. And right. then I'm going back and watching it this time, and I'm watching. I'm going, well, this isn't so bad. What That's... was I so upset about? And then, and then I realized, no, I'm having the same experience I did 12 years ago, <laughs> right? Where I start off liking it, and then I start thinking about the things that bother me about it. And as it, as I'm going along, I'm like, I really don't like this. And I'm like, there's so much good stuff, especially in like the first 20 minutes of it or so, right? That just get outweighed by the by the things and and some of the things that bother me don't bother most fans and i get that um, and that's fine we're um we are very much just sharing our personal thoughts about things if you're a listener if you love resolute that's awesome like everybody has different tastes different things appeal to different people uh there's some people who are like like there's different flavors of gi joe for everybody some people love gi joe extreme some people love sigma six some people love the classic joes and hate everything that came after the 12 inch joes and that's we're, we're here for all of you guys we're just sharing yeah. our personal thoughts about each of these things so i don't want any listeners to think like 
you're wrong for liking anything because you're not. You like what you like. Not at all. And and you can like something. You can love something passionately and still be critical of it. Absolutely. In hopes I, that the thing that comes after will be better. I would argue and, that and I am we'll, most critical of the things that I love most passionately. Yeah. Because I when I when I criticize Star Wars or something like that, and people are like, oh, you're just negative. And he was like, no, no, I love Star Wars, but I want it to be better where it's not. Right. And the same the, thing with G.I. Joe. I, I want, you know, I want it to be great at all times. The reason that I'm more critical of G.I. Joe and Star Wars is because I love them so yeah. much. Uh so the let's get on to some positive things because we're going to go back and forth throughout this whole thing i i will say the animation is phenomenal done by titmouse who have gone on i mean this is the venture brothers Mm. company uh so the animation is phenomenal I, i would go so far as to say flawless gorgeous landscapes and scenery uh yeah just just absolutely beautiful the and only thing I didn't like about the animation is when there's there's a few scenes where there's a CGI traditional hybrid. Right, right. And I think maybe 12 years ago it wouldn't have bothered me as bad, but now it's just so much more apparent. Well, it's like, it didn't work 12 years ago. It, it to me it that kind of stuff barely even works now. Yeah. It it sticks out like a sore thumb. It, but I mean it's like going back and watching but, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mhm. Where yeah. like that movie is phenomenal, but there are segments where they have the CGI animation hybrid, and it's just hard to watch. Yeah, and this this isn't as bad as that, but it is noticeable. Yeah, like the, the, the specifically the planes the flag, taking off from the flag, yes, exactly. And they're they're not at the right angle. There's just something off about them that is really jarring. But but it, but everything looks great. It just doesn't work well together. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the designs. I feel like yep. the, uh, now everything is, everything could use a little more color. Um, the Cobra troopers could use some Cobra insignias on their gear. But other than that, I think everybody's designs are fantastic. I think the designs, and I think that the color is more of, it kind of looks more like it's a wash rather than like the the uniforms aren't brightly colored enough because yeah. everything is just everything is muted dull and muted um but yeah no i love almost all the character designs i thought these toys were fantastic when they came out um, well and that's i'm glad you bring up the toys because that the biggest sign that i didn't love this initially is that i've barely got any of the toys yeah um but they did really good updates of the characters that were a little bit more modern and realistic without like but you could look at like rock and roll and say that's rock and roll right that's gung-ho mm-hmm. it doesn't look like the original 1983 gung-ho but you know who it is because of the way it looks well one the, of the, the things... resolute look for the cobras it, it, most of them that's my go-to yeah for yeah. the cobra figures i just wish they had a big cobra on their chest or something right yeah. they, they have nothing they're just blue but it is a cool look. Um, I uh, one of the things that in in the the, the interview that I watched uh, with three of the creators, uh, Joaquin Dos Santos, the director, one of the interesting things that he said was we wanted to make sure 
that all of the characters passed the squint test where if you squinted your eyes, you could t- still tell Scarlet was Scarlet, Flint was Flint. I thought that was a really cool way to put it because you can. Until you get to dial tone and you think you think she's Lady um, J. Well, <laughs> and, but here's, here's, well, Lady J is in it though. And she looks exactly like Lady J, but the dial tone character was not originally going to be dial tone. Uh, she was basically just this sort of cipher for information but as they got through production, they realized, man, this character has become really integral. She actually is a key part of the plot. Why don't we make her dial tone like that? Her originally, she was not going to be dial tone, but they were like, you know, she's become so important. Let's give her one of the, the Joe IDs. And I, I think that was really cool. Like I'm, I'm okay with that kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm all for, doing that like i i doing a gender swap here or there or reapplying a character name in a creative way especially if it's look we we all love dial tone we did a dial tone uh a review a couple, <laughs> couple months back right but you know uh, dial, dial tone's not a character that's sacred to me it's fine no, if dial no. tone is is a girl sitting behind a, a yeah i did i don't mind i don't mind them changing the character my only uh because it's actually in my notes was just you know most of the other joes all have their individual cool looks right and so it you know it makes sense now that it was like an afterthought to turn her into dial tone because otherwise it's like oh i'm just standard issue yeah well and i was kind of surprised i didn't go with with damon because that was a character from the comics who was a a female hacker i would be willing to bet that the creators of this had very little knowledge of what was going on in the comics at the well, time. Well, and that's that's well, probably yeah, that's probably true. Not really. I mean, at least in online interviews, Warren Ellis has said that this was a mix. He wanted to do a fusion of stuff that was familiar slash happening in the comics and stuff that was familiar with the people who grew up with G.I. Joe. Now, how much of that is Hasbro PR telling him to say that? Good question, but it's been said that it's supposed to. Well, and that's that's a great segue for my next point is what the heck is this? My One of my biggest issues with this is the entire time I'm watching it, I'm disoriented because I don't know what Joe team this is. I don't know what era this is supposed to be. Is this post Sunbow? Is this what? What is this? What? Where? Where are we in Joe continuity? Is this a new continuity? It doesn't. I think this is yeah. post Crisis GI Joe. <laughs> so, <I'm> right <laughs> the 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 Sunbow, the DIC series, like all that sort of stuff happened. This is okay. It happened, but not the way we remember. G.I. Joe has been around for a long time, but here's the first time you're being introduced to them. You just happen to recognize all the names well, of and, the and characters. There's a couple things that, that kind of bother me about that, because I'm watching this knowing G.I. Joe, knowing all these characters I grew up with it, but you you've got to 
draw in new audiences whenever you come up with a new property like this. If I'm watching this for the first time, who is Bazooka and why do I care? Right. Yeah. Who, who are, because there's all these characters are showing, they don't mention 90% of them. And the other thing too, it's when Cobra Commander does his big speech and he's talking about like, you know, I used to pretend to be a coward, but I was just putting on an act. Is this a new continuity or is it not? You just either, either create something wow. new and have Cobra Commander in this world be a badass or keep it in the same continuity as Sunbow, which is clearly and, not. And that is probably my, my biggest critique of this. And this happens to a lot of things that say, well, I'm going to pick the low hanging fruit off the nostalgia tree is we are banking on the people who have already have an emotional connection to this IP to be the ones to watch it. We're, writing it in the hopes that we're bringing in new people but you haven't created any of those emotional beats for us to have the attachment to those characters if we did not already know them right my my biggest beefs with with major blood and um and bazooka dying is who cares? Right. Uh, uh, yeah. We don't see how it happens. We, we have no, like the dialogue that, that mentions it, it's all sort of like just throw away. And I'm like, well, I loved Bazooka as a kid. So I see that and I go, oh my gosh. But if you're a brand new person watching it, it it's who, what? Yeah. Okay. What, what did, what did major blood do? He, a traitor well is that in his character i i don't know those those are my biggest issues are when they don't earn things and when they try to retcon things um the the not earning things the deaths here i'm not against deaths in gi joe larry hama killed a lot mm -hmm. of characters and every single time it had emotional impact because he had established arcs. He had built these characters. He had earned the emotional impact of those deaths. Uh, I'm not against death in GI Joe. I'm not against bazooka dying. I'm not against major blood dying, but in this, they had no, they were hollow. There was nothing to them because they weren't earned. Bazooka dies and he's just a name that, that dies. Major Blood, uh, Cobra Commander mentions him in his absolutely terrible, terrible speech that, that I'll, I'll get into more detail in a minute here. Uh, and then the retcons, to me, the lowest points of this entire thing are during Cobra Commander's speech. When he says, I pretended to be a coward, it's a direct reference to his character in the Sunbow cartoons. Yes, because he's not ever portrayed that way in really any other media. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a direct reference to that was the completely unnecessary. And then later on, the Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes conflict, when Storm Shadow says, I used to pretend to be honorable, but that was just a blah, 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 blah. Like, it's dumb and childish. But yes. see, those I put firmly at the feet of Warren I, Ellis I because those are 
Warren Ellisisms, yes. if there ever and, and were. They were both awful moments. And here's a, another issue that I have with everything Cobra Commander does in this. They keep giving him these scenes where he's addressing Cobra troops. And this in those scenes, he should be addressing his second in command. The old Sunbow cartoon got this right, where Cobra Commander would be philosophizing or planning or whatever, scheming, and he'd be talking to Destro or Baroness or Zartan. And it was a one-on-one thing where he was very clearly communicating with an individual. In this one, he's giving the same kinds of speeches, but he's just like speaking out into the air. And there's no, it's this really weird, like, are you thinking out loud to 50 people? Like it's that's that's where to me these being five minute episodes yes that aired individually because it's building up that anticipation of when am I going to see this character? When am I going to see Destro? When am I going to see Baroness? When am I going to see Storm Shadow? When you sit down and you watch it all at once, it you're right. It it doesn't mesh well like that. Um, yeah. I, I, to me, I mean, outside of, of that monologue, I do like Cobra Commander's portrayal in this. I think the lot. voice, the voice acting, which, by the way, something <clears throat> we have to point out: there were four voice four. actors. Yes, four. That's four. a four. big problem, I think, with it. Four, well. Four of the best in the business. But in order to make 30 characters all sound distinctive, they had to put all these voices on that did not sound natural the entire time. Why? When Joes are talking to each other, it's like, you're all putting on a weird and Why does Flint sound exactly like the old Duke? And Duke sounds really weird oh, okay so here again i'm totally on the opposite side of the river of you guys as far as the voice cast goes um the voice acting i think is really good oh i, I think, don't i think the four people that they had did a phenomenal job right. with the 30 different characters <laughs> you're i don't necessarily think all of the voices fit the character I do like Flint's voice. I, I think of him as like this gruff warrant officer. Like, <laughs> like he's, you know, a, a bit more of the wrong side of the tracks than Duke, but I don't, I don't like Duke's voice. Well, I had it. to, I had to remind myself when they started talking to Flint, I was like, is that Beachhead? Cause he sounded like Beachhead <laughs> and he kind of looks like Beachhead. Well, for, for I, I mean, listeners. but I'm, I'm, was jumping up and down for joy when this first aired that they're they didn't turn roadblock into nipsey russell again i mean they let him no talk. but they oh, made but him a, a, a murderous a murderous cackling jerk who yeah shoots well, a bunch of people in the back to, to throw this out there <laughs> the the four four actors involved in this were charlie adler Eric Bauza, Steve Bloom, and Gray Delisle, who are four of the best voice yeah. actors in the business. But 
My gosh. Well, first of all, let's not even get into the whole problem of the fact that white people are voicing roadblock and storm shadow and stalker and like, and, but, and but look, I'm not, like, I'm not times. the super sensitive guy about that, but at the same time, like, that's not cool. Not even in 2009. That's not cool, but, but, but it's a budget thing. It's not, it's not, I'm not making excuses. However, where the industry was at that sure, time, sure, 2009 was different. There, there was, a select number of voice actors. I mean, having produced anime cons, you got the same guests year right, after year right, after right. year after year because there's 20 people that are known properties that can do the voices you need them to do as opposed to today where there is a plethora of, of voice actors again not saying it was right back then just but but it's take it's a snapshot different. of where the industry was well and also we're more aware of these things now right. i i wouldn't even if i had gone and looked and i at the time i don't think i even looked at what the voice cast was i you know i don't know that i would have thought anything of it but it does stand out now and it and and really the reason i even looked at it now is because Duke's voice in this is weird. It's not the best. He almost has, uh, there's this thing in animation now where heroic characters end up with what I call little boy voice. Oh, for sure. I kept thinking this is Prince Adam from the 2000 X E-Man right. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I don't, like I I need heroic dudes to sound heroic and i need and scarlet in this even and and i understand that gray delisle had the unfortunate task of doing like three different voices but scarlet has this like little girl voice like it's not uh it's it's i feel like the voice cast did a phenomenal job but unfortunately were taxed beyond their limits i think you and it may be with duke too was this was in 2009 was a probably the biggest year in gi joe media 100 uh, since the 80s because it was the same year that that renegades launched and the same year that the rise of cobra came out in theaters and duke was star the star of all three of those and he was portrayed as being a younger character in those other ones as well so maybe See, that's i don't part of feel that. like he is in this one this one he almost seems like he's supposed to be a grizzled veteran well I'm, I'm wondering if that's just that. kind of hasbro's directive on that uh it I, could I, have I, been but and and i just want to i know this is going to be an extremely unpopular opinion i did not have it at the time but watching it back now hasbro if you're listening Chris Latta was an amazing voice actor and he defined Cobra Commander for a generation. No one since him has been able to properly copy him. Oh, please stop trying. Okay, <laughs> now that the, yes, this is where we'll differ because one of my notes is that I think this Cobra Commander's voice is a very happy medium between Chris Latta and like a normal evil 
megalomaniacal human being. I actually think, and I can't remember if it was Adler or Bloom that did Cobra Commander's voice. I think they did a great job. The problem is that so much of Cobra Commander's dialogue is terrible. It's Adler because it was because he also did Starscream in the Transformers movie. Okay, okay. So I think so. You got the you got a Starscream actor again to play Cobra Commander. I I put in my notes. I wish. I wish they had put some kind of mechanical effect or slash the visitor effect on the voice to make it that that is an effect of the helmet and not the person. Mm. Yeah. That I think would have, would have, because again, back then, absolutely. I thought, Oh, it's like, this is Cobra commander. Uh, but now uh, it, it just sounds different enough to me that it's, it's, unsettling uh really okay okay yeah that i'm like it this is this is somebody trying to do a cobra commander imitation and i would rather them have a completely different voice altogether or give us some kind of effect that that says the reason why it would sound like this would be xyz well and this this kind of goes to something that occurred to me several times as I was watching this as many flaws as we find with this I feel like one of the biggest problems is that it's not an actual miniseries imagine if this had been a five-part miniseries like the old uh pyramid of darkness the original cobra's revenge like imagine if they had had time to flesh out some of these ideas to make us familiar with this version of gi joe Mm, yep to to root everything a little bit better rather than just having what it's just over an hour right it's 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 under an hour um yeah i mean that's that's the one thing that i said is like this especially like that first five minutes actually even like the first two minutes 50 it's 55 minutes yeah, so, yeah, it's so- under an hour. Imagine if this had had uh, five 22-minute episodes where they could actually build out this world, where they could have established Destro and Baroness a little bit more, where they could have explained where we are in G.I. Joe continuity, where they could have... Like, I really think this... And, and the, the problems that are there maybe we could look over a little bit more if they'd had more time to establish this world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was, I was definitely noting that this could have been a much better story if things had time to breathe and we had time to establish this world before we got into it. The first two minutes, there's like four major things that happen and you've kind of forgotten what the second one was by the time the fourth one happens, right. because it all happens so fast. And, so, and also Again, this comes, this is me with a G.I. Joe bias coming at it. If I don't know G.I. Joe, then this is all like, what the hell is happening? I'm going right. to turn this off right now. Right. As as a fan, we know the background. We get what's going on and we're disoriented. So what does somebody who doesn't know the lore, who doesn't know the mythology, what are they experiencing here? Uh, and one of the things that 
stood out to me is that they put so much effort into giving the backstory to Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, which uh, it's like a it's like a quarter of the runtime, and and that is not integral to the main plot at Mm-mm. all we we need to know what's going on with cobra commander we need to know what's going on with springfield we need to know the backstory of the gi joe team but instead they give us and and look all the arashikage stuff the ninja stuff is awesome like i like it all but uh, the- it's a it, it's just it's every kung fu movie cliche that they throw in but that's okay if if they had had an hour and 20 minutes to tell this story or just but told this in didn't. a separate story because this doesn't need this doesn't need to be part of Res- at this point no, it doesn't. the storm shadow snake eyes thing is batman and spider-man's origin we don't right. need this right every mm-hmm. single time we tell a gi joe story because well, it- you're just taking and as far as I'm concerned, this is the worst retelling of it because this is the one where Storm Shadow has no redeeming qualities. Yeah, and the, the whole reason why was... they work is because Storm Shadow is just flawed. Yeah, the fact that they just turned Storm Shadow into a straight up evil heel and his whole, as, as I said before, his whole speech about, I just pretended to be honorable before, that's ridiculous it's, it's, but I, it's hard I, we're a family-friendly podcast and it's hard for me to not <laughs> curse at this point i do want to point out for as much as snake eyes the story just involved ninja crap thank you thank you thank you thank you he's in his ranger outfit oh yeah the commando ninja his snake look, eyes his look in this that, awesome yeah, yeah. The design, well, and Storm Shadow's design is so cool. Like, and it's almost like it was intentional that Storm Shadow is still stuck in this ninja mentality, still obsessed with with their past. And Snake Eyes has moved on and is this like commando and his militaristic look. And and like he has evolved and Storm Shadow has not. Like There and, and that, look, maybe I'm giving them too much credit here. They just made some cool designs, and I like it. But that is a cool part of the story. the The thing that I don't like, though, is apparently Snake Eyes is really terrible at the seventh step to heaven because he doesn't actually successfully murder Storm Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you knew how that entire thing was going to unfold uh, yeah, as soon yeah. as it starts, and it's like, oh, do do we need was, this? In this, in the middle of this, this story about Cobra Commander trying to take over the world, right? And if they had had the five twenty-two minute episodes, then yes, this would have been cool. This, but yeah, this would have been this would have been that kind of like you get to a big like kind of uh, cliffhanger cliffhanger moment, and then cliffhanger moment, and then you have the episode that kind of derails you for a second yes. before you get back yes. to the action. Right. This right. would have been what that would have been. But with only 55 minutes of time, this story did not need to be told. There are other things that were more important to me. But as the creators said, and as I think Warren Ellis himself said, well, ninja stuff is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Let's see. Let me scroll through my notes here. So what else we've got? Uh, Oh, okay. So we talked about Cobra Commander's speech a little bit. Uh, it's it's a terrible 
terrible speech because it's all about retconning the Sunbow Cobra Commander character. I'll have none of your crap. None of it. That and that was (laughs) I can mark that as the point where the first time I watched this, I thought, oh, this is they don't get it. I, yeah, and I physically cringed. I remember it's the terrible. first time I, I saw it, terrible. and I did it again, even though I've seen that clip a hundred times since. It's still just every time I see it. it it's That is one, when it first came out, loved Cobra Commander's portrayal. Watching it as I have grown and changed... <laughs> I go, uh, man, like, I know why the characterizations are the way they are in the Sunbow cartoon, since this is supposed to be a little more geared towards the adult audience. Why do they keep missing that Cobra Commander, he's a used car salesman. He's supposed to be, you're supposed to want to follow him. You listen to his every word. And yet the the way he carries on in this, I'm like, I, I would have to punch my card and leave and just be like, eh, peace out, man. No. Well, it's so, again, it's that almost teenage boy mentality of overcompensating mm-hmm. for the Sunbow character. It was unnecessary. There was no need to address it. Uh, it was just, it, it was silly. Well, and then when it comes down to it, if the 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 whole, and I don't I don't know if this was intentional, but he starts off talking about how I pretended to be a coward for so long, and ultimately, he's a coward, and I don't right. think he I don't think he's supposed to be portrayed that way. No, no, they want they very much wanted him. Like, he's murdering people left and right. He's right. murdering his troops that are giving they, him a, a hard time. Well, and that was awful too. That was another one of his speeches at the end when, uh, but like when he locks himself in the bunker, and you're like, oh, right, so he's just a coward anyway. Right. It, it was just. It was a. It was a bad job. It was a bad job of the character. Uh. So, speaking of the ninja stuff, we talked a little bit about it. We talked a lot about it. Uh, what do you think of the change to the the story, though, where, you know, in the comics, Zartan was the assassin. But in this, Snake Eyes' inability to speak happens at the same time as the murder of, I don't know if the one in this is, the, I guess this is the hard master and the soft master combined into one in this. I think he's supposed to be the hard master. Uncle, more he's than uncle. Yes, His uncle. character name is uncle. So they combined snake eyes inability to speak with the assassination of uncle in this. Uh, I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, I don't mind lot, that. Yeah. A lot of times in media, you have to do a little bit of shorthand with that sort of thing. That th- This instance worked for me. Well, in 2009, I didn't mind it except- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I didn't mind it except for the fact that it's kind of unnecessary because we never hear Snake Eyes speak in any of the scenes preceding this anyway. <laughs> so that's, that's a good point. We, we never actually know if he has a voice. It, it's fine if you just presume he's been silent all these years. But although the upcoming Snake Eyes Origins movie will address that. Yes. We'll hear Henry Golding's beautiful golden voice. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- I'm, I'm not gonna lie i love that guy yeah 
Uh, all right. So oh, Christian was about to say something, and I. Oh, oh yeah, no, I was just going to say it's the sliding time scale because in two thousand and nine, if if Snake Eyes lost his voice because of Agent Orange in the fields of Vietnam, I, right, right, he's going right. to be way older than what. <laughs> We've got like a seventy-year-old ninja running around. Well, we think so, because we don't really know what time frame this takes place in. Right, Again, as we established early on, this it's there's not any like technology in it that really screams this doesn't take place a year after well, the GI Joe Sunbow cartoon ended. Ten, no, ten I gotta give you credit because now, now my gears are turning, and the thought of actually having a Snake Eyes that has been mute his entire life is like super intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. So to get back to character designs a little bit, what what was fascinating to me is, as we get towards the end of the, the movie or the future, whatever this is, the, the resolute, we get alley vipers and they're using alley vipers correctly in the right context, but they're so boring looking. They just look like Cobra Troopers. I was right. like, they look just like the other ones that you just fought. But, Why are well, they alley vipers? But design wise, they have extra armor pieces. Mm-hmm. They do look like in everything but color, they look like alley vipers. Yeah. So if they had just giving them a little more color a little more razzle dazzle that would have been cool but i did appreciate that they used them in the right context they were in cramped quarters like these were the troops that cobra deployed to handle this although they have worse aim than any other troopers because (laughs) oh dude don't get me started on these preposterous firefights where where duke and scarlet are back to back surrounded by cobra troops (laughs) And they they had some of the worst firefights I've ever seen in this thing. Yeah, where it's it's almost like um, was it Top Secret or Austin Powers or one of those like parody movies where the characters are, or no no UHF yeah UHF, UHF. Rambo where Weird Al <laughs> and the guy are standing like ten feet apart and just blasting away at each other and not hitting each other that's what this felt like it was yeah. ridiculous well, it's like if you're trying to be realistic and gritty you can't have the scene from you know every fantasy story ever right. where they can't shoot each other it just well and, and even the sunbow series though never had something where in a, a small storeroom, yeah, you're point blank. Two of the characters were point blank away, surrounded by troops and not getting murdered. Like that was just bad. That, <laughs> and, and I I hate panning this, but that was a bad scene. Yeah, it looked it looked great. The animation oh, as they're swirling awesome. around them yeah, was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But... They, the animators handled the terrible scene they were given <laughs> admirably um okay so we got (laughs) this is this is my next note did tunnel rat make a joke as his teammates were plummeting to their deaths (laughs) and the answer is yes yes so the three um tunnel rat and two other joes are on this like crazy weather balloon thing to go up to disarm the satellite that is I'm not going to lie. There are probably a few lines of dialogue that I missed because there were a couple of points in this where I was like, I don't understand exactly where we're at. 
yeah and I, it's funny because i don't remember this scene existing at all from my previous watches <laughs> i was like so so tunnel rat and his two joe team compatriots have have taken a balloon up in their red shirts let's just call them yeah, what they right are. red shirt <laughs> red shirt green shirts whatever uh and space debris falls down and knocks his two teammates off of the satellite and they seemingly plummet to their deaths and from the upper atmosphere and tunnel rat says oh my clever plan's not going like i thought it would and i'm like tunnel rat you were a jerk well i the Ugh. Joes are all jerks. That's that's one of my biggest takeaways from this. I got- but with that, I'm like, if if you were living in those sort of situations, you would have gallows humor. I don't live in those situations, and I have massive gallows humor. So that to me sort of fit. So like, you're like, he's saying that just to get by and to be right. able to keep going with the mission. Right, because I'll when accept they, that. in the earlier scene when they were talking to him about the fact that, you know, you're not going underground, and he was like, oh, explosive and destroying things. That's what I do. That's what I do. And Let's I liked, do it. That's one of the things I really did like. Um, I, I Tunnel Rat's characterization. I He's really like the only one that gets this. any. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him, though. I, I enjoyed him. Uh and for the first time ever, we get Destro with a Scottish accent and a big yeah. pink gem around his neck. And yeah, I, I love the design on them. I like the like kind of World War II, uh, like almost like German military look that they're, right. that they're wearing, which which we've seen a couple of times in the figures. Yeah, um, but I thought him and Baroness were just bumbling and annoying and i wanted yeah. them off the See, screen. i i i loved the characterization of the baroness when she was telling the the hostages or whatever and, you know, she basically like kept telling them like i'm going to start killing you like this is going to happen or i'm going to shoot you like well, where she, she says seemed... it would where she says you should start crying now because yeah. that'll really motivate these guys right. like she there I, she I agree. was rude to me she was coming across as ruthless how i imagined the original yes. baroness to be when i played with the toys not the baroness in the cartoon um i agree i think she, i don't think she got enough well, screen have time. time and again yeah. This is where, if this had been a five-part miniseries, they would have had more time. We would have gotten to know this Baroness and this Destro a little bit more. Uh, but in this instance, because they only had 55 minutes for the entire production, this is just where they got shoehorned in, and that's all it was. And because this has been a beef of mine with almost every single iteration of G.I. Joe, we've talked about when it comes to Destro. Yep. His mask had a movable mouth. (laughs) You saw his teeth. Yeah. But then I did appreciate when he got shot in the head, you heard the ping of the metal. (laughs) 
I was like, was... well, at least they're still saying that it is a metal mask. I, I, okay. So it was weird to me that as realistic as they're trying to make this thing, that Destro did have the metal moving face like he did in Sunbow. But that movement, that moment where Gung Ho bonks the projectile uh-huh. off of Destro's head, it works. It's yeah. hilarious. It's cool. It's like I I'm all in for that. That worked for me. One oh 100%. Um, so, um, what, another big issue is when Duke and Scarlet are invading the base and Duke says, he basically gives up and says, I'm going to die. Just leave without me. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's not anything we want to hear out of Duke. He gives up and Scarlet then says, you know what? I give up too because I love you and I'm just going to sit in. And also the whole Duke Scarlet snake eyes love triangle that they try and establish in this is awful. No, it's, it's shoehorned in and it's it's red. It's, it's red. Like someone who just got introduced to GI Joe and heard that Scarlet has had romances with these two characters. Yeah. So many notes written down for that because that is another part as as far as the the love triangle between the three of them at the time when it came out we were all oh my gosh you know because again if you read the comics scarlet's always been with snake eyes if you watch cartoons scarlet's with duke so we were like oh they got it like you know they they're they're giving us a taste of of both like they they both happen they're both important now watching it in the fight scenes with Scarlet in in all the earlier scenes with Scarlet she is to me establishing herself as the bad a female character that she is and then all of a sudden they shoehorn this love triangle and basically her story becomes I'm here because of a love triangle and, and it diminishes yeah. i'm her. going to die because my boyfriend is going to die it's awful yeah yeah it's terrible they and did her ripcord, ripcord who we have no background whatsoever for uh is like hey yo i'm gonna shoot a harpoon down to you guys and you can ride it up to the jet and then that that's what happens uh but they couldn't even just come out and and say it though because as much as you're saying like she's sitting there saying like oh i chose to to die like her dialogue is so filled with hints and sidestepping she's not just saying duke it's you she's like i i've had a hard time choosing my whole Uh, life yeah and now i'm choosing to be here like like writers you're not even committing 100 percent to what you're giving us do better and again if they had had more than 55 minutes maybe they could have developed this in a we more didn't satisfying need a love way story in that but short I, yes i'd rather not have it at all it's 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 nonsense yeah. uh 
let's see here. What do we got? So, okay. Okay. So Duke straight up said, and I, I hate Duke in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Duke is like, ah, I got shot. I'm going to sit down and die. Give up on me. It's over. And then not five minutes later, he's like, Hey, I've got a bandage on me now. Let's go murder Cobra commander. Like it's, it's just the, and, and, and again, we keep saying this, but if they'd had more time, this wouldn't have been as awful, but in, in the limited time they had, this didn't make any sense. One minute he's giving up and dying. And the next minute he's on a plane, like let's go get Springfield. We're a family podcast, so I'm not going to say what was happening <laughs> in the scenes they didn't show to give him that that pep to keep going. But <sighs> okay, so he's uh, a douche. So now we that's okay. We can I mean a, a douche is a product, so you can say <laughs> that on the show. That's okay. Uh, you can you can go to the walmart.com and search douche and you'll come up with the results. I'm just saying it, it's fine. as bad as Cobra Commander. If if I was assigned to G.I. Joe under this characterization of Duke, I wouldn't follow him anywhere. No, no. Uh, so <laughs> okay. So uh, we get the vehicle designs. We get new helicopters. We get new jets. Uh, and again, we're we're crippled by the time limit because these are cool designs. These helicopters are like modular because some of them are just two pilots going off. Some of them are troop carriers like that actually have extra compartments on them. Uh, if you look, they're the same helicopter, but they have different attachments to them. Very, very cool concept, but we don't know anything about them. Like they're just these sort of generic vehicles taking off from the flag, which, which we by get the a new way, flag too. Wait, right. Mm-hmm. Well, we get a new flag that at the beginning you think is destroyed, but then it isn't, but then it's destroyed again at the end. And then the, like the flag is very in and out in this whole thing. Uh, and then we get these new jets that kind of look like a mix of the Conquest and the Sky Striker, but we don't have any names for them. We don't have any names for the pilots. Like we have no emotional attachment to these vehicles. And again, it's 55 minutes. They don't have time to establish these things. So like, I can't, I can't get too upset because I understand that they had very limited time to establish them. We get new his tanks. They get new his tanks, which mm-hmm. look awesome. Look great, I think. yeah. But you're they're on screen for like three seconds, right? So, here's my question: Every time Cobra Commander is delivering one of his big speeches, <laughs> it's like he's thinking out loud to like multiple people. But then we move on to the discovery of Springfield, which in the animation and in the comics was significant. But then the Joes just start launching gigantic weapons Team, into Springfield. Team America World Police. It is because it's, they don't oh my gosh. There's <laughs> no there's no verification whatsoever that there are no civilians in Springfield. They just start 
blowing it up and we know and and we don't even know like we no. see empty walmart parking lots or whatever the store is called right but there's no look we still don't know if those houses they showed in that overhead shot have no. civilians living in They're just hey. blow it up hey guilt by association <laughs> i well and the whole the thing that bothers me and and this is i've said it a thousand times now but it's a byproduct of the limited runtime but in the comics and even in the animated series, to an extent, it was established that Cobra's base of operations was Springfield because of the civilian factor. There are civilians that live in Springfield. They're going to deter G.I. Joe or any other armed forces from just blowing the place up. <laughs> and in this, G.I. Joe doesn't care. They're right. like, you know what? screw those guys let's because just, oh, because otherwise the world has changed since the 80s well said <laughs> otherwise we're led to believe that this is a world where there's an entire city somewhere presumably in the united states that doesn't have any people in it oh it's 100 percent in the united states because they say middle america i don't think yeah. they specify mm-hmm. like illinois or whatever but, but somehow this town has gone unnoticed right in, in the 21st century this unpopulated <laughs> town Oh my gosh. Okay. So another thing that bothered me about this assault on Springfield, uh, the Joe's big cargo plane gets shot down and they seemingly have no land support whatsoever. It's literally just like Duke who was by the way, near death half an hour ago, uh, Duke and his bros just, Nailed down by Cobra. No land support whatsoever. No Mobats, no Maulers, no Persuaders, no nothing. <laughs> and then and then Snake Eyes, who apparently ran to, sh- to Springfield <laughs> from Japan. <laughs> he just ran there, shows up, and takes out all the Cobra troops. Yeah. That's what ninjas do. Yeah, because Snake Eyes was dropped off from like a C-130 and, you know, flew down right. to <laughs> Japan. It, which, which look, that was really cool. Like, right, no, it's great. But, with the wings. But he, did, he didn't exactly have a return ticket. No! <laughs> so he, he ran from Japan to, to Illinois. Middle America. That's fine. That's fine. We're okay with that. Uh, <laughs> um... Okay, why why and this is another thing that bothered me and 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 another thing that could have been very easily amended. Uh because in the original Sumbo cartoon, we had green shirts, we had support troops. But in this one it seems like there's only 12 Joes. That's it. Well, the support troops were all on the flag just sitting there at computers and yeah. they got blown up. Well, presumably they said they got everybody off. They make a line that like everybody has gotten off of the flag. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. But, so no, but but their big assault on the Cobra headquarters located in this city in America, they were like, we don't need extra troops. We've these twelve Central Joes are well, all this we is, need. This is two thousand nine, where you know you didn't have as many combat folks. You had a bunch of people sitting back flying drones. Right. right. So that's, right. So that's okay. what I presume, because that like most of sure. the Joe team is just sitting around at computer terminals. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, also, and I'm sure you guys noticed this, it's probably in your notes. 
at no point in this 55-minute event do they say, Yo, Joe. I'm fine with that. What? I'm fine with Get that. Get out of here. That is That, to me, is something that's really exclusive to the Sunbow cartoon. It doesn't really exist outside well that in the dic cartoon but like they didn't say yojo in the in the comics no <laughs> but this isn't the comics this is because that's the thing is yojo is kinetic it's it's an act like if they said it in the comics it would be weird but in animation you need that that action that uh that uh, that that kinetic motion that yo joe like i i just feel like at least one yo joe because i think even the live action movies worked a yo joe in at some point yeah, i don't know that never even occurred to me like i said yeah it me neither doesn't bother me at all oh my god in there you guys um, are terrible and then all right so we get to the big the big ending between duke and cobra commander the showdown, if you will, where cowardly Cobra Commander has locked himself into this capsule that can't be penetrated by bullets or explosives or anything else. And Duke walks in and reprograms the computer because that's a skill Duke has. Yeah. Uh, to to destroy Springfield and potentially the thousands of inhabitants of Springfield. And then it just ends yep what and they announced that the the they couldn't find the the bunker or the capsule right the capsule mm-hmm. that cover commander was in could not be found and that's the end of this whole thing because you have to leave it open for the potential well and again, this is that you we gotta cram got. it into 55 minutes too so but it just felt like it was such an unsatisfying finale yeah, no, I, yeah. I was I was shocked because when it goes right to the credits, and I'm like, there's not an after credit scene. They weren't doing that. Oh, dude. there, there is though. There's the after credit scene that reveals that Snake Eyes is not good at doing the seventh step to heaven. Right. Oh, you know what? That may not. That must not have been on the copy that I have. Oh, yeah, I got yeah, the yeah. Tip, I got the Titmouse logo, and it stops after the credits. Yeah. It goes to the. Uh, Rashikage Island in Japan or whatever it is and it zooms into Storm Shadow's grave and it's empty and it's been dug out of. Oh. That's your after credit scene, which is why I say Snake Eyes is not good at the seventh step to heaven. <laughs> I, yeah, I I wondered why you said that earlier because I was like, <laughs> I, remember, I remember him being dead. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I'm going to have to like dig up that scene because it was not on the copy that I had. Yes, that's, that's what I get for watching it on Daily Motion. Well, that's you know we we do the best that we can. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I so, feel like and 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 my my sense of time could completely be off, but there is that whole period where so much of what Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, what these channels were doing were shows slash pilots slash clips of things on their websites that if the demand was there if it was big enough then they got full series you know 
purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, and while at least with me and my friends, we thought Resolute was, you know, the biggest thing ever. And, and it's all we talked about. I, I don't know that it, it had that effect on the rest of well, the population from, you know, f- from the reaction that I see from most people in, you know, on, on social media in the GI Joe community, this is beloved by most people. Um, they, really? Everybody says this is the best thing ever because it's the GI Joe they always wanted because it's gritty, because it's dark, because it's, it's mature. Well, and I, and you know, I, I've argued a hundred times, like, say. Uh, you know adding adding bullets instead of lasers and and pg-13 curse words isn't mature it's sophomoric it's there's a there's a big difference mm-hmm. um but and yeah i can see there is there are some very compelling stuff as we talked about like the the, the animation and the action scenes and and if you're into just wanting to see gi joe characters murder people when their back is turned i guess this is the thing for you but like but those those are the things that really put me off to begin with and just right. made me feel like this isn't gi joe i want a team of not just the most skilled military specialists but these are people who you know they're heroes they're they're not going to go in and lure a bunch of cobra guys out and then cackle as they shoot them in the back they're not going to just run up and just slash the heads off a bunch of guys like snake eyes i can take a little because he's you know he's a ninja he's an assassin maybe i can forgive him a little bit for his blood you know for his blood sports um but uh you know the rest of the violence that the gi joes are just so willing to perpetrate on their on their enemies without like any hesitation just feels off especially when roadblocks cackling i can't i can't mention that enough times because that was the moment the original one where i was like i don't like this that's interesting doesn't bother me that they they kill because it is war i will i will agree with you that taking joy in that diminishes them from heroic to are the, you know n- no much better than the villains well they also like there's no when when bazooka the first time that they mentioned bazooka dies they're all just like it's bazooka and they're very stoic about it and the only time they show emotion about bazooka dying uh and is it is it lady j or is it scarlet somebody uh when they mention that 10 million people just died in Moscow, it's like all these people get their lives and they go, and Bazooka too. And it's like, wait a minute, you just glossed over like the entire city of Moscow for Bazooka <laughs> who 10 minutes ago, you couldn't care less about other than the fact right. that like, we need to do an autopsy on him and figure out. And it, and it took that long to figure out that it was just shoved, something shoved down his throat, which I thought was kind of odd. And, and I thought that was just so, <laughs> so you could have that, that scene. Again, the the deaths in this are are style over substance. They are. They're not earned. They're just there because they thought it would be cool to kill some people. Uh, All right. Well, we got to wrap it up. Uh, We've gotten to sort of the conclusion. Uh, It's I'm basically at the same place I was before where this is frustrating to me because there's some things that are 
really skillfully done and really cool. The look of it, I like. Uh, some of the concepts I like a lot, but it just doesn't have enough time to latch in and to make me care about this this version of G.I. Joe. And, and and it is again that sort of 15-year-old boy's idea of what G.I. Joe would be. Right. I still really enjoy it. I could watch it. I would not be able to turn off my critical eye like I did. You know, obviously that's what happened this time compared to when I watched it originally. Uh, If they could have tweaked a few things, I would absolutely still watch a series based around this version of G.I. Joe. Yeah, I mean, the the concept of it, I think, could work really well. I, I still think the Cobra Commander's got a grand taking over the world plot was kind of lazy. Um, but you know, it's again, it's 55 minutes, it's 55 minute series. You've got to, you know, you've got to come up with some sort of driving plot point and, but to, to do that and then have all these side stories that don't need to be there. It's just, it's just too much stuff crammed together that all taken apart. Almost all of it could have been good. Yeah, I, I will. And, and I guess that's where I land with it is that, you know, this resolute unto itself is not great. However, I would be very interested in seeing it expanded and seeing more of this world uh, handled in a little different way. If, if they announced a resolute ongoing series I'd be very interested in it for sure. And on that note, I think it is time to move on and wrap this episode up. All right, it is time to wrap up this episode of Audible Interlude, and we do that by each of us having a, an amount of time to ramble about anything that we want. Uh, let's start this month with Noel. What have you got? To, what have you got to babble about? So I just want to put out a plug. And many of you may be familiar with him because he's been doing this for a long time. Um, but one of my favorite GI Joe reviewers on youtube is hooded cover commander 788 uh aka um brian lower he um he's been going through some rough times he's been having some mental health issues he's addressed them several times on his on his channel he hasn't put out any new content since february as a result even though he was doing essentially weekly reviews for i mean for the better part of the last seven or eight years um if you are looking for great fun light-hearted and and and, and you know, a little bit sometimes he's a little uh kind of self-criticizing but he's just a really humble guy and he's just just a really good dude i've met him a couple times too um check out his channel it's hooded cobra commander 788 on youtube and um i you know i'm a 
Patreon supporter of his. If you, you know, if you want to support him, uh, it's also a great way to keep him going. But, uh, you know, he, he kind of does it in his spare time and he's done a great job for so many years. Um, but, uh, I, I really, you know, I, I really hope he comes out of what he's doing so he can come out and start doing some new content soon. Well, I am going to throw out there. I, I kind of touched on it earlier that if you're currently collecting or you're currently trying to rebuild a collection or you're, or you're uh, kind of into rebuilding that vintage collection, uh, collecting G.I. Joe from afar, it's tough times right now, obviously, because we can't get out there in the world. We can't get to toy conventions uh, but things are things are starting to open back up, so I'm hopeful that that we'll be back in a good place soon. But you know, don't don't get too caught up in the eBay thing. Uh, you know, even if you do want to get on eBay, if you're patient, if you watch auctions, if you take a look at things, you don't have to overspend for the stuff that you want. I've gotten a few items recently for really, really good prices. And it's just been a matter of sort of waiting for the right thing at the right time. Uh, and, and saying, no, look, there've been tons and tons of auctions. I needed this Baroness figure. Uh, it was a critical piece of my collection. Baroness is one of the, the, the original Baroness is one of the figures that every time I walked by my vintage Joe collection, I was like, I don't have a Baroness. And it was really driving me nuts, but I didn't fall prey to like, man, I just need to do a buy it now, or I just need to take what I can get. I waited. I was patient. I looked at a bunch of auctions and I waited for one where the, you know, I, I jumped in, I bid what I felt comfortable bidding and I won the auction. So don't, in the times that we're in right now, don't let that FOMO get to you so bad, especially with vintage stuff, because what's out there is out there. Like nobody's making any more Baroness figures. The ones that exist in the world, that's all there is. And they're not going anywhere. So you can be patient and you can be smart about your bidding. Don't let FOMO get to you. As far as that's concerned, be wise with your spending and uh, try and be as conservative as you can be, because that's worked out for me. There's, you know, I've gotten a lot of really cool pieces by being patient and waiting for the right auction to come along. So that's, I think it's a tough time to be a vintage collector. It's a tough time to be looking for anything where eBay is kind of your only resource, but you still need to use the same old things that you'd used. Figure out your budget, use your patience and be smart about your buying. Uh, that's that's all I wanted to say. Christian, oh, what do you got? What are you really babbling did, about? Uh, well, then two super quick things. Uh, one, I know last episode I said I, I'd hope to have some of uh, the two new vehicles that I was working on customizing done. However, uh, I am in the process uh, unexpectedly of selling my house and having purchased a new house and moving. So unfortunately the photo studio and everything had to get packed away. Uh, so maybe by next month's episode, uh, I'll have some updates uh, on my new custom vehicles. Uh, but I also, with what you just said about eBay, having been someone who has been an avid eBayer since the beginning of the site, uh, 
everything you say rings so true. That's advice that I've given for years and years and years. You know, figure out if there's a piece that you're going after, set a price for yourself. Don't look at necessarily what it's going for on eBay to set your price. Right. Determine what what you are willing to pay for it and stick to it. And it might take you years, but that's okay. You will get it eventually. I have completed many toy lines, 100% by just having that patience and saying, I'm not paying more than X for this figure, for this vehicle, and you bid and eventually you will get lucky and get it. And, and, and it doesn't matter if you haven't seen one on eBay in years and years and years. You know, there are $300 Star Wars figures. Um, well, like my blue Snaggletooth that, that I scored for 40 bucks. Yeah. And, and he's in great shape. No paint rubs, nothing. It, you know, it's just the right place at the right time. So yeah, definitely uh, you can get caught up in the eBaying and the bidding wars. And I'm sure now that Phantom and I have gone against each other <laughs> and I'm going to have to break his fingers, but, um, but yeah, don't be smart and, and you can build your collection and replace pieces affordably. Well, I've seen, you know, speaking of that Baroness, I got it for under 50 and I've seen a, a Baroness, this minty sell for over 70. And I just, I bided my time and waited and, and, you know, hit the right auction and, and got a good deal. So, uh, you know, it's just a matter of being patient and not getting caught up in things because I I've been building an inhumanoids collection for like six years now because they're. I've set my price limits and I'm just mm -hmm. watching and waiting. And if it takes time, because look, nobody's making any more in humanoids toys. What's out there is out there. So the you know, waiting for the price that you want is fine because at some point you'll, you'll get it or you'll decide, you know what? It's been enough time. Maybe I need to increase what my expectations are. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sitting down and talking about G.I. Joe. It's one of my favorite things I do at all is talking to you guys. Uh, and we will be back next month. I believe it might be our anniversary episode. It'll be, I think, officially episode 12 next month. Yes, that is correct. So uh, we will talk a little bit about how this podcast came to be, what we've done in the past year, and, and we'll have new news, new information, all kinds of new stuff to talk about. Uh, Christian and Noel, thank you so much. And once again, yo, Joe. Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com.
Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.